find something very interesting when Yaakov gathered his sons to give him to give them his blessings at the end but when he starts off with the first one as well as Shimon and Levi he actually begins to chastise Ruvain and he says to Ruvain Ruvain b'chayri otto yes sir se'ezvi yes sir oz he said you're my firstborn you have more power and you deserve to be ahead however pachas kamayim ki aliso amishkivei avicha oz chilauti yitzui olo he tells him because you were hasty like water ki aliso al yitzui that goes back he reminds him the story that after the death of his mother Rachel, as we learned by B'derech Ephros, he based Lochem by Yikbareoshom, that Mesa Olai Rachel, Rachel dies over there. So after she dies, so Yaakov goes and moves his, his bed, which was always in the tent of Rachel, and he goes and he moves it into the tent of Bilhah and that was um, that was some, uh, that was something which very much bothered uh, Ruben because he figured it's bad enough when his mother was alive, when Rachel was alive that his mother was treated as second but now that his mother passed away, that his mother died so, he, that, I mean, that uh, Rachel died, he feel, felt that his mother Leah should be the one where Yaakov should be instead of going to uh, Rachel's Shivcha. So, why is he putting up So, he went and he mixed it up. Reuben was very upset about it. And that's why he's reminding him. And therefore, he says he's taking away from him the kingdom and etc. I just want to focus on one point because it's just briefly. Now, who is the one that ended up getting the uh, kingdom that was by right initially uh, deserved? Who deserved to get it, Reuven? We gave it to Yehuda. And by Yehuda, after Shimon and Levi, finally Yaakov changes his tone. And when he speaks to Yehuda, he says, Yehuda, no, no, no. You're not the same. What does he tell him? He tells him, Meterev b'ni Oliso. So Rashi teaches, what does it mean, Meterev b'ni Oliso? Basically, he ended up saving uh, his son Yosef. Because initially, they threw him into the pit, the brothers. And Yosef was going to die in the pit. Yehuda came around and he said, "Ma betza kinarig esochinu v'chisinu as domoi." What kind of a money will there be if we kill him and we'll cover his blood? What gain will there be to us? He says, "Let's go sell him to Yishmaelim v'yadenu." But our hands, we should not be actively killing him. Let's sell him to the Yishmaelim. And that was such a noble act that he gets the kingdom.
Now, surprising, doesn't really, doesn't really add up. We read in the Torah by this story, after they decided initially, when Shimon and Levi, the dreamer is coming. Let's go and let's kill him. Let's throw him into the pit. Ruvain protested. Ruvain says, No, no, no. Let's not kill him. Let's throw him into the pit. And the Pasuk says, Leman he wanted, Reuben didn't want to really kill him. He wanted to save him in the meantime from Shimon and Levi who were plotting to kill him. He wanted to save him. So he wanted to put him into the pit. And then he would go back and bring him to his father. Where was he at the time when they pulled him out? And then when Yehuda came and suggested the second idea to go take him from the pit and sell him to the Ishmaelim, so Rashi says, Ruvain wasn't there. Rashi gives two reasons. Where was Ruvain? Because Ruvain either went to serve his father, it was his turn to serve his father, or Rashi says he was busy with fasting and a sackcloth because Bilbil Yitzhuyahoviv, because he is mixed up, because of what he did to his father by changing his, the, the arrangements, the sleeping arrangements for his father, he was fasting for it, so he wasn't there. And then the Pasuk tells us, when Reuben comes and he sees that Yosef isn't there, he says, What am I going to do? How am I going to come back and face my father? Reuben tried to save. Reuben tried to save Yosef. He advised, it was a, a plot that he devised in order to save him. So he says, Don't kill him, put him into the pit. But he didn't want to kill him. Because Reuben comes back and the Pasuk says, Leman, Hashiva love it. The Pasuk testified that's what he wanted to do. And we see when he came back, he was all upset. And yet, and about the sin of having the uh, ash, the, the, the mixing up Bilbo Yitzhi he was fasting, he was busy, he was crying, he was doing Teshuva for it, right? So now, and let's compare him to Yehuda. Now Yehuda, he's the great guy. What did Yehuda do? Yehuda says, what's the benefit? Ma betza. Ma betza means, what kind of a money? What, what, what profit is there? We're going to let him die in the, in, in the pit. At least, let's make some money on the deal. If we sell him to the Ishmaelim, we'll make the 20 bucks. We'll buy ourselves new shoes. As the Navi complains that selling a brother for a pair of shoes... So each one bought himself a pair of shoes because so he... Now, Yehuda is the tzaddik. Yehuda, he gets credit for saving Yosef, right? Because, you get that? You saved my son because if not for you, he wouldn't have ended up in Mitzrayim. And you saved him, he would end up in the bird. But Ruben, who's doing shuva, and he's all upset, what took place, and he wasn't there, he didn't sell it before. He tried to save him, he wasn't there at the time. Yehuda gets, uh, Reuben gets chastised, gets blamed for it, and he loses his right to the firstborn, and Yehuda is the one that ends up getting it, and when Yehuda seems the one, uh, the one who tried to sell his brother, and you know, uh, it was a sure death in the pit, but uh, selling him as a slave, 
is not nonetheless not such a easy uh, uh, life for somebody. So why does he get credit? So that he, he he gained. It's very interesting. We find it also, but I'm running out of time. But it's just very interesting. The same Reuven, the same Reuven and you that come into play again. And that's in the next parsha, because they're the main players over there too. When finally, when Yosef holds back Shimon again, and they say, Yosef says, "Don't come to see me unless you bring Achichem Akotay." So first, we find the discussion from Reuven. Reuven says, "Anoichi Arvenu miyodit vakshenu." No, no, he says he says the lashon that in imlavi enu v'itzakuf nechas shnei bonai tomis. He says you can kill both of my children if I don't bring back uh, Shimon and 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 Yosef. Yeah, that's very very generous. And uh, Yaakov says b'cher sheita. Whereas bonav like bonai, they're his children, not my children. <laughs> what kind of he says? No, I'm not sending. But then Yehuda gets involved. And now he sends him. He says anoichi v'chatos lavi kol ayomim. And we see as we develop, develop the story. So, the difference is a kingdom. The thing is like this, but it's uh, again the riches. So I'm not going to go through the whole thing. But just the, the kud over here. Reuben was always full with good intentions. Yes, he was probably on a spiritual higher level. If you want to say, you want to measure the level, who was on a higher level, Reuben or, or or Yehuda, as far as the levels of what we read in the Pasik in the Chumash, what they do, he was doing Teshuvah but when he was needed most he, he, he was not to be, to be found yeah, he was busy davening, he was busy doing tshuva, he was busy, all those things, he was a very righteous a very good man, but when it came a time for action when you needed, that's where you have qualities of a king he's a man who gets things done at the end of the day, it's not important about what your level is when Yaakov took away from Reuven and gave it to Yehuda. It's not measuring who was more righteous or who was less righteous, but the fact that when there is a fire out there, when a Jewish child needs to be saved, and you're busy davening and learning, then you belong in the shul. That's good. But a king who has to accomplish—that's not—that's not this man. That's not—that's not Reuven. That belongs to you. Anyways, there's a lot to talk.